Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, it's Elizabeth and Alex. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. Welcome. If this is your first time listening, this is a podcast made by two estheticians. We talk about brows. We talk about skincare. We're from Brooklyn. We laugh a lot. We teach all shit. Y'all keep coming back. I think that you like us, but that's what our show's about. Welcome. Thanks for coming by. We're very excited for today's episode. We are finally at part three of Hippie Shit, which is a little series we've been doing on natural shit. Things that hippies have been using for many years and things that rich people started using kind of recently. Yeah, things that many ancient cultures have been using for many, many years. And then hippies got... They got a hold of it. Hippies got a hold of it. And then Gwyneth. And now all of us. (laughs) Um, Today, we're chatting about essential oils and hydrosols. I think essential oils especially are very interesting. They're in so many beauty products. You probably don't even think twice about it. They're incredibly healing, nourishing. It's fucking no wonder that there are multiple MLMs that sell essential oils. Maybe I should be in one of them. I mean, the essential oil, I hesitate to use the S word because I do love essential oils. It's not a scam, but people Mm -hmm. are out there scamming. But once I started smelling essential oils and using, not even just using natural products, but just smelling what something actually smelled like, like smelling what rose actually smells like, not a, you know, synthesized version of it or whatever, like uh, Elizabeth Arden tells me like rose smells like. And after that, you can't go back. Like once you smell true, true, like the true essence of the flower. I hate that I just said that we were just reading about floral (laughs) essences and now it's in my head. But when you really, really smell like the purity of a plant, Everything else after that smells like chemicals when you smell fake perfumes. It's true. Because they're that like powerful, yes, but I think like captivating, invigorating. It's not that you're just smelling something. It actually physiologically can change your mood. It's awesome. Hippie shit. So one of the reasons (laughs) that we wanted to wait to at least part three of hippie shit to talk about essential oils is because I realized we couldn't talk about essential oils before talking about carrier oils because most essential oils you have to use diluted. You have to use in a carrier oil. So we have to tell y'all about that. Then I thought, well, carrier oils, we can't really talk about carrier oils before we talk about herbs because the whole idea of plant medicine really starts with herbs, right? And then with herbs and extractions and tinctures, Those are generally either going to be extracted from in oil or in alcohol. So we had to start with botanicals, work our way up to carrier oils. And now we're giving you guys the good shit. We're giving you that MLM shit. We're giving you that $100 for literally five milliliters shit. And you're going to learn all about the wonders of essential oils and not end up in multi-level marketing scheme. (laughs) Okay, so even more important, I think, than MLMs is that we have a really special guest on today. We were really lucky to get on super short notice the incredible Lauren Haynes, who's an incredible herbalist. And as we were recording this series, she reached out to us and it was sort of just like the universe pushing us all together. So even though she is not an essential oil specialist, she is not a aromatherapist, she was like, girls, I don't fucks with that. But if you want me on, I'm happy to come and speak to you all about the beauty of plant medicine and herbs and tinctures and all the things that she does fucks with. So she came on and Alex and I had such an incredible conversation with her that we're going to share with you guys later. But um, let me tell you guys a little bit about Lauren first. So Lauren Haynes is the founder and CEO of Wooden Spoon Herbs, a small batch apothecary brand that offers herbal tinctures, teas, and tonics that act as a conduit for plant medicine. So founded in 2014, Lauren has grown Wooden Spoon Herbs into the go-to resource for farm-fresh herbal remedies. So 
she's the shit. But something that's really cool is that aside from just like being really awesome, she actually has some celebrity followers of her brand, like Jessica Alba and Alanis Morissette. So she also makes an incredible tincture called Rose Colored Glasses, which she's going to tell us about. And that's actually sold out five times already on Goop. So, yeah, I'm going to save the rest for our interview. But Lauren's an incredible herbalist. (laughs) And I can't wait for you guys to hear her just like share all of her wisdom and passion with us. So before that, let's jump into essential oils. All right. Essential oils. So what is an essential oil? So essential oils are the volatile aromatic oils produced by plants. Plants create resins and oils to attract pollinators, repel predators, and to protect themselves against disease. How fucking cool is that, by the way? Yeah, plants that the plant are smart has as shit. everything built in that it needs to grow and not be damaged. Mm-hmm. The extraction called essential oil is the aromatic substance concentrated through various methods. So I mentioned a book in episode one. It's called Absolute Beauty. And it is one of my favorite books. It's actually all about Ayurveda and how it relates to um, the beauty industry. But they in Ayurveda, essential oils are very widely used in skincare and just like body care. So I got a lot of this information from there. And the book taught me that extracted essential oils carry the plant hormones the biochemical messengers that, similar to our own hormones, regulate the plant's life process. So unlike scents that are synthesized or chemically isolated from their natural source, pure essential oils have up to hundreds, sometimes thousands, of biochemical components. It's kind of crazy. Essential oils are the most concentrated and refined extracted form of a plant and therefore the most effective part of a plant when it comes to treating, healing, nourishing the skin. Their molecular density is so, so fine that they penetrate the skin to the cellular level and produce effects 60 to 75 percent stronger than the herb if it were taken whole. So it helps to nourish the tissue and stimulate new growth. Also, as the source of the plant's own immunity, they have natural antibacterial, antiseptic, antifungal, and preservative properties, which help to heal wounds and infections on the skin. So basically, once you've extracted the essential oil from the plant, because its molecular structure is so tiny, it really can penetrate the skin and actually be effective in healing the skin in nourishing it or whatever that essential oil is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool. The cool thing with essential oils also is because, you know, in the last episode, we were talking about oils and how every plant living produces a seed that can have oils in them, right? Because within the oils is exactly what you were just saying, everything that the plant needs to live. And then within like the essential oil itself, right? Which we should also talk about that. What The essential oil is different from the carrier oils or the fixed oils that we were just talking about in the last episode, which is why we had to separate the two. So the essential oils uh, compounds disperse into the air, releasing aromas as they evaporate. And so I think that this is really interesting because they're actually different from lipid oils, which lipid oils are going to be heavier, obviously. They're going to be oily, have what we consider like an oily texture, Whereas essential oils are really, really light, as Alex was just saying. And they also have so much complexity and depth within the scent, which is really, really awesome. And that's also what most people sort of like know essential oils as, if not for the healing properties, then for how they smell. And also that was, you know, the first perfumes back, back, back in the day. I think that's the other cool thing about essential oils is they really lend themselves to DIY. You can learn so much about... The different properties, you can, they're easily accessible. You can go out and buy them from either like online. These days they're at every bodega essentially. And as Alex was saying before, there's a little something for everyone. Do you know some essential oils are calming, some are uplifting, some you take internally, some you only smell, some are poisonous if you take internally. So I think there's just so much available within this tiny little product. Um, It's also important to note that not all essential oils are created equally. They're extremely expensive to produce when done properly. Many essential oils that you'll find in stores are diluted a little bit too much. 
so that they're not as effective. Um, and sometimes they even contain synthetic extracts. So it's hard to judge the potency and purity of what you're buying. Many times the cost can be a helpful way to kind of gauge how pure it is. Usually the more pure essential oil in the dilution, the higher the price will be. Usually, not always. There are an estimated half million plant species known worldwide, but most have never even been tested for essential oils. So imagine how there's probably so many other plants out there that could produce really fucking awesome essential oils. For sure. But I guess because it's such an expensive process, they're like, well, we're not going to willy nilly go test in every plant. Going back to what we were saying before, these are ingredients that have been used by ancient cultures, right? And they, so a lot of it is passed down from generation to generation. And it certainly isn't new medicine. This is all very old medicine, old world. And the cool thing about essential oils is that they can be from resins. They can come from gums. They're not necessarily like an oil as you and I think of an oil, right? It's really just like as Alex was saying at the beginning, what gives the plant its vitality, its life. Some essential oils, like you have to heat up to even like get it to be soft enough to be able to get the aroma to come out, you know? So there's so many things that we don't even know what their essence is, as you were just saying, like so many plants that we don't even know like what their true capabilities can be. And yeah, it's really expensive and it's really difficult also to extract all of this. Only a few hundred plants so far have yielded amounts sufficient enough to be produced commercially at a reasonable cost. So just for example, one pound of pure rose essential oil is about $6,000. So if you're wondering why that tiny bottle is expensive, it's for a reason. And again, if it's extremely pure, it's going to be even more expensive. So be a little wary if an essential oil is very cheap. Yes. A lot of times that means, like I said before, it could be just very diluted or there's something synthetic in there. There's different extraction methods also for extracting essential oils. So there's the, the steam dilution, which is, you know, great if it's a leafy material, right? Or something that has like a lot of water. It's not great for like bark. <laughs> but essentially, like if you imagine a double boiler, right? And so you have the plants on the inside and you have all of like this hot water surrounding it but there's steel in between, as in a double boiler. So as all of the steam rises through the plants, um, the oil begins to separate. And so what you're left with is the essential oil, the separation, and then you also have the floral water, the steam that's then become condensation, and that's a hydrosol, that's the floral water. And so hydrosols are awesome because they aren't quite as potent as essential oils, obviously. It's sort of just like a byproduct, but they still have a lot of really nice characteristics of the essential oils. So specifically aromatherapeutically, you know, a lavender hydrosol is going to have just as much calming and like soothing ability as a lavender essential oil if you were to just smell it. So what Alex was just saying with rose or something that's very, very expensive to make a rose hydrosol is great, and it's used in so many cultures, like in cooking. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot of rose essential oils aren't steam distilled. There's uh, CO2 extracted, which is even more expensive because there's not a ton of oil itself within each flower, mm. you know? Yeah, you yeah. need so many flowers. Yeah, it takes a lot. I mean, imagine like an orange, right? An orange obviously has a lot more oil to give off than a rose. Like an right. orange, it's like you scratch your nail down the side and it gets in your eye, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, essential oils are cool. They are. I wanted to talk just a little bit about if you were going to go the DIY route. I'm not going to give you recipes, but just an idea of different essential oils that are appropriate for each skin type. So you would obviously dilute these with a carrier oil. But in Absolute Beauty, they talk a lot about using essential oils topically for your skin. Uh, for dry skin, jasmine, geranium, red rose, neroli, those are all really nice. For sensitive skin, sandalwood, ylang-ylang, mint, and for oily skin, patchouli, which a lot of people fucking hate, <laughs> eucalyptus, camphor, lavender. Those are all really nice to mix with the carrier oil and apply to your skin. And then there are, of course, the essential oils that people will inhale for different things. And I'm not saying that you need essential oils to treat your anxiety or your depression. You may need medication, 
but a lot of people will use geranium, lavender, jasmine to help relieve anxiety. So people will sometimes just inhale it straight from the bottle. You can do that. Um, I don't know if there are any health repercussions to straight up huffing essential oils, (laughs) but that's what people do. You can mix it. You can dilute it with a carrier oil. You can place them in your hand and inhale it. I don't know if you've ever been in a yoga class where when you're in Savasana at the end of the class, uh, the yoga instructor will come. They'll rub their hands together with a little essential oil and place it over your nose. And you take a deep breath and it's so nice. I don't know. I feel like every time it's always the same essential oil and I don't know which one it is, but it's so nice. Um, You can use essential oils to help you sleep better. Uh, Bergamot, cypress, jasmine, rose, those all are really kind of like sedatives in a sense. And then to maybe ease depression, you can do geranium, bay leaf, lavender, chamomile. Those are all thought to help with depression either by inhalation or by mixing with a carrier oil and using it for massage. So that's a big thing, too, to get a body massage with some. I know I used to work at a day spa that had aromatherapy massages and people loved them. And you can choose based on what you've been dealing with, which essential oil you wanted mixed in. It was really nice. And then I personally, because I have a huge fucking fear of rodents in every apartment I've lived in, you will find cotton balls (laughs) soaked in peppermint essential oil. Usually I'll put them like under the stove, but I had an apartment once where I think they were coming up from like the hole around the radiator. So I had fucking peppermint soaked cotton balls all around my kitchen. Oh, yeah. We had to do that, too, for the car because I (laughs) you had a rodent infestation in the car. No, we didn't have a rodent infestation in the car. It's because New York City is disgusting. And so we used to park under the BQE. And this is so funny. Like we our car, we would just get these random like the light would just show up turn on right like the check the engine light or whatever mm. and one day I was driving my cousin we were gonna go to um look at the Christmas lights and as we we're driving there's like smoke coming out of the like very movies like do you know what I mean just like what the fuck is going on with this car it's actually a very funny story so this is Christmas Eve Eve pull over cars busted right me and my cousin Eric Eric is very flamboyant hilariously so Eric's in Uggs we have <laughs> he's in Uggs. these very like well-dressed um, older black men came over, like came out of their house. And it was obvious that they were just coming back from some sort of like Christmas celebration, you know? And they're like, oh, what's going on out here? And we're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like we just broke down. I don't know. And they're like, well, you come out here and help and you steer. And Eric is pushing the car and going, oh my God, I can't get a grip with my eggs. I can't move the car. <laughs> oh anyway, long story short is the next day when I went back out there with the AAA guy, he was like, Oh, so you park near garbage. And I was like, what? I don't park near garbage. And I park under the PQ. Oh, yeah, we park near garbage. She's like, yeah, rats like to to eat cars when they park near garbage. Oh, they ate like the electric wire? Yeah, they ate the electrical wiring because we parked near garbage. It's like we live in New York City. We're always near garbage, dude. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I was like, no, I don't. I was so offended. I do not park near garbage. And I was like, bitch, yes. Yes. Straight on top of it. So we had to start getting cotton balls soaked in peppermint oil and putting them all over the car. It works. And under I the swear. Hood. They don't like the scent. No. Well, look, I never broke down again. That was the end of that. <laughs> No, it's really awesome. Sometimes, too, I'll use a little like lemon essential oil and I'll put it in some vinegar and water as like a little household cleaner. Essential oils are fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Imagine at the end of this, we were like, oh, you should buy it from. <laughs> you guys can buy it direct from, from us. us. And if you bring your friends along, we can get them on board, too. It's only $5,000 to start. <laughs> but I really do love them. They actually work. They do something to your skin. It's pretty fucking awesome. I'll talk to you a little more later about um, ready-made skincare products with essential oils that I love. Yeah. The cool thing about essential oils, and you said this at the beginning, is that it's what's the lifeblood of the plant, right? So they all have different medicinal properties. Different plants have different things that they're giving to us to help keep us alive or to kill us, one or the other, right? So these essential oils, because they're the lifeblood of the plant, they're so concentrated for whatever it is. And there's a point that I'm getting to. So for example, we actually have a listener letter that we're going to read in a little bit that states this, but this is one of my favorite examples of an incredible essential oil is frankincense. And there's a reason that I feel bad because I'm stealing this girl's kind of line, but I've been saying this also for years. So she and I are both on the same track. There's a reason why they say, you know, frankincense, gold, and myrrh. 
It was worth so much because it's such an incredible healing plant. So frankincense is actually a gum. It's a resin. And the way that they collect it is by kind of like the same way uh, rubber trees are collected, I guess. I've never collected any rubber from a rubber tree, but that's what I read. And so they slice into the tree and then this tree is going to start to sap and you collect the sap. I heard an anecdote. I didn't Google this, that frankincense is so healing that if you take a branch and cut it off, and I guess that's why the sap is going to immediately start to come out because it's starting to heal itself. It's healing itself from that broken branch, kind Mm -hmm. of like a starfish. And so that sap, it gives life. Also, there's um, other plants like helichrysum, everlasting. It's so good for the skin because it's cicatrizing. It heals your skin because it heals itself. So these plants that like their job is to just like, I guess, thrive and be their best versions of themselves, their best strong strongest, healingest, that you can't get me, we hear. Those are the plants that we want the essential oils. And they've been around for centuries, being used by so many different cultures. And now us and goop. <laughs> now us and goop. <laughs> Should we chat about hydrosols? Sure. So hydrosols are the other part of the distillation. We simmer the plants to remove their volatile parts. These come over and out together, but some of them are lipophilic and some are hydrophilic, meaning some dissolve in fat and others dissolve in water. Essential oils tend to dissolve in fat. That's why we can make massage oils. We can flavor our ice cream. Essential oils tend to not dissolve in water, although this is a bit more complicated as some are heavier and sink, some are lighter and then they float and some have a lot in common with water and are just like unsure. So they stay in a kind of solution with water and they must be separated using a centrifuge or something like that. But this is not the point. In general, essential oils separate themselves from the water. They're volatile. And so these are hydrosols. Hydro meaning water and sol for solution. Water solution. And there you have it. Hydrosol. Hydrosol sounds really much nicer than water solution. Yeah, water solution is not hot. Um, Hydrosols are gentler than essential oils. They can be easily incorporated into your skincare ritual. They're often used in products for skincare and makeup wound healing treatments, and aromatherapy products that you diffuse into the air. Mountain Rose Herbs actually makes really nice, very affordable hydrosols that you can use as a toner for your face, your Mm -hmm. body. You can use a few spritzes in your bath. Hydrosols are very, very affordable, whereas like the rose essential oil is literally $100 for... Like for a drop, it's $100. A rose hydrosol, you can get like eight ounces for $8 probably. Yeah, they're really affordable. And then you can always refer back to what I was saying before about like which essential oils work for what skin type and kind of go through that. Like, okay, if that essential oil works for that skin type, then that hydrosol would also be good for that skin type. Mm -hmm. Um, But hydrosols are cool, you know? It's It's a poor man's essential oil. It's a poor man's essential oil. You know what hydrosols are really nice for when it's a hot-ass summer day? Yes. And you're just wet and you Mm -hmm. can just get a little spritz spritz? Yes. They're the best. I used to keep a rose hydrosol in the fridge for Mm -hmm. that reason. Yeah. It was really nice. I think I had like an orange, like a, it wasn't orange. It was something definitely citrusy. It was very nice. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, beauty baddies. So before we continue speaking about essential oils, let's take a break and let's talk about herbs. We have, as I was saying at the beginning of our show, an incredible guest today. Her name is Lauren Haynes. She's a baddie. She's an herbalist. She's an educator. She's a hippie. And she's here to teach us all about the beauty of plant medicine. A little bit about her before we jump into our interview. Lauren studied at the Appalachian Center for Natural Health under fifth-generation herbalist Phyllis D. Light, which when I read that, I realized, Phyllis Delight, you're a hippie, Phyllis Delight. Driven by her desire to introduce more people to herbalism, Lauren started Wooden Spoon Herbs in in a farmer's market, crafting products based on the most common concerns she saw. She now has over 10 years of experience as a clinical herbalist. Through her herbalist education and practice, Lauren merges functional formulations with lifestyle products that appeal to wellness enthusiasts and newcomers alike. I think I know that you are all going to love this conversation and learn a shit ton. So please enjoy our conversation with the incredible Lauren Haynes. My name is Lauren Haynes. I am an herbalist based in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I have been practicing clinical and community herbalism for 10 years, and I am the founder and CEO of Wooden Spoon Herbs. What 
made you interested in herbalism? I think I've always been interested in like DIY culture and sustainability tangentially. I've always also been a nature nerd. And so I think what I'm trying to say is what draws me to herbalism is the intersection of like politics nature and a care profession and like community care. And those are all things I've been interested in my whole life. So to really find something that's truly kind of a pillar of each of those things is very meaningful. And I think I've just watched so many lives be completely changed, including my own by the fact that herbs can be medicinal and, you know, that like our modern medicine system is predicated on tens of thousands of years of practice working with natural elements and hippie shit. So it's <laughs> it's just, it's a beautiful craft and I'm lucky to be a part of it. Yeah. That's awesome. What did the beginning of your life as an herbalist look like? Were you like in college and you decided like, oh, actually, I want to do this, do this like for work? No, I actually went to college for journalism and was a writer and and did that kind of thing, which ultimately means I was a waitress. And uh, (laughs) um, so I was working at a farm to table cafe and it was just a really beautiful community of people. And at the beginning for me of herbalism was pretty isolated. I didn't know anyone else who was into it at all. Like I didn't know a single other person. And the first person I met who was an herbalist, I found because I Googled Chattanooga herbalism on the internet when I was like 22 years old and this Facebook came up and it had a phone number on it. So I called this girl and I was like, Hey, I found you online. Um, do you need an apprentice basically? And she was like, I don't, but we can like hang out. And she's like, to this day, my best friend, I'm like seeing her today for dinner. Um, so yeah, it was just a lot of reading books. It was a lot of like going to the used bookstore, going to the library and starting to, I mean, I think at the time, cause I remember saying like, I wish there was an app you could identify plants with, which now there are dozens, but mm-hmm. you know, seeing what was blooming and then like typing into the search, like Tennessee, white flowers, uh, April, you know, and just kind of trying to identify things. So it was a combination of like reading and then trying to just trial by fire, identify things. Uh, and then also like having a little garden bed and starting to plant medicinal things and, and see what their life cycles looked like. Cause I really like, I mean, that was 10 years ago and I honestly just haven't looked back and have been dedicating all my time, attention and love to becoming an herbalist. And I think that I, um, you know, if your listeners are into astrology, I'm like a cancer sun and moon. I'm very like care and family and community oriented as a person. So it's just an honor. I mean, um, I love that. I love that because I feel like sometimes you just have a calling and, you know, some people call it God. Some people call it the universe, like whatever, you know, you want to name it like you can't put in a name to it. It just is you. And I love that. I love that, that it's like every essence of you. You hear like, my whole life has been leading me to this. And I think that's just like true in everyone's life for different things and and purposes. But I, I really feel that way. I really feel like it's like everything, you know, was layered on to bring me here. Um, Can you share with our audience some of the roots of herbalism so that we all have an understanding of what an herbalist is and what your craft entails? Definitely. So this week I heard someone say, if you're alive today, you have an herbalist to thank, right? So like, I think just as humans and all animals evolve, like eating plants that grow from the earth, that's just what we do and what this globe and sphere of life is predicated on, right? So some of those plants nourish you, some of those plants can kill you, some of those plants can heal you. And no matter your background, you're coming from a lineage of earth-based practices. And I think that's one thing that's really beautiful about herbalism is it's really something that's true and a part of everyone's history and lineage, no matter if that was like your direct great-grandmother or your, you know, great-great-great-great-great-grandfather's best friend, right? There was someone in every community who knew how to work with plants in a way that healed people. And so it's, you know, it is, it's an ancient, ancient, ancient practice and lineage. And it's been practiced by a lot of different people, is still practiced by a lot of different people. I think a lot of contemporary knowledge is um, co-opted from a lot of cultures. But ultimately, we all have in our history, an earth-based tradition that includes uh, making fiber, it includes making food, it includes making herbal medicines. Um 
so it truly is an ancient craft. I think, you know, today we have like the American Medical Association and they're kind of like the gangsters who say, you're not allowed to say plants are medicinal at all. And so we have to kind of play by their rules and we do and it's fine. Uh, and I think for that reason, it's important to find people in your community who you can trust and like work with if you're looking for an herbalist. But ultimately, herbalism is just working with herbs and nutrition and lifestyle practices for the betterment of your overall well-being or for a targeted concern when you want to. Is that where uh, politics plays in? Is the U.S. medicinal uh, health system? When you were describing sort of like why you love herbalism and you mentioned that the intersectionality of politics and I I figured eventually I'll figure out you'll tell us why and where that Mm -hmm. plays in. And I wonder, is that the answer? It's totally part of the answer. I mean, I think about like, I have a friend who is a clinician, a clinical herbalist in Australia. And in Australia, it's so different. It's set up. She can take insurance. She is seen as a doctor by her community in the medical establishment. And like the things we're doing are not different, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, but she was able to like get a four year degree and and practice freely. And she always says she's like it's so different because in the U S. it's so political. Like they're just one and the same, right? Because we don't have a healthcare system that serves hardly anyone, and certainly not everyone in Australia. They have a more socialized healthcare system. In the U K. they have a more socialized healthcare system, and you actually can't buy herbs as a person on the street. You have to have a prescription for herbs. So it's very very different country to country. Mm-hmm. Obviously, taking it back to the U S. where we are based. Yeah. I mean, it's like no one's looking out for us. We have to look out for each other. And it's for me like such a radical act to not only be making products that help people, but also be sharing information that can help people. And also creating alternatives, I think is the easiest way I can say it. Creating alternatives to something that doesn't work for everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When did you realize that you wanted to, because I, I've looked through all of your products and it does seem like there's a little bit of a theme, like definitely focusing on helping with stress, focusing on anxiety and skin, which also were all kind of tied into each other. Which one was like the first that you were like, okay, I know that this can be treated naturally. Or was it something that you were dealing with? Or were people coming to you being like, I'm so stressed out, or I'm just so anxious, you know, and was it because people don't really want to always use pharmaceutical drugs? I think everyone comes to it for their own reasons. And that's also something that's really exciting and beautiful. And that I love hearing, like, I love hearing stories. And I think herbalism, going back to the political nature, it's incredible because so many people can relate to it and it brings so many people together, which is important for any kind of like, you know, unifying liberation. So I love hearing you say that there seems to be a theme because for me, I'm always like, oh my gosh, never in my wildest dreams did I think that my, you know, farmer's market booth was going to turn into the business that it is. So from that Mm. perspective, I created basically a line of products that was more of a something for everything approach. Mm. And when I was at the farmer's market, I'd made stuff to address concerns that people needed support for as they were coming to me, right? So like we have a tincture for like head tension that was, uh, that's called head helper. And that was from someone coming to me at the farmer's market and being like, I have to leave work every day with, you know, and I'm trying to be careful of not saying like disease claims, but it's, it's hard to talk about without that. But she was like, I have migraines and I go home from work all the time. And so I made her um, a formula and that we still have it in our line today because it worked for her. It worked for me. It worked for others. So it's been a challenge to scale a business with uh, that kind of beginning because there's been so many different things I've tried to do. But yeah, ultimately, people are all dealing with the same concerns with the way that our, you know, lives are structured and set up for us. So stress, anxiety, and then all of the problems that kind of cascade from there. Yeah. Did you have um, like an interest in skincare or were you realizing like, okay, yeah, all the stress and anxiety is also fucking with people's skin? Personally, no, I've never been into skincare. <laughs> I... <laughs> you have really good skin. 
Thank you. I drink a lot of water. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I'm almost 33 and I think I'm like starting to understand like how to take care of my skin. But I think it was just from having friends who are really into skincare or having like collaborative partners who have beauty-based businesses or skincare-based businesses. And it's fun for me because I, on an individual level, always delight from like seeing a new way of doing something or trying, you know, kind of like rebelling against the norm. So I'm like, okay, you guys are doing 10-step, you know, skincare routines. I'm going to make this tincture where like all you do is take this tincture every day and it's delicious and it's going to like help you in all the same ways you're trying to like uh, be helped by the topical applications. Uh, but no, like, I think it's really been a response to seeing people get excited about ingestible skincare products and responding to that. I heard you mention that you used to have a booth at the farmer's market. And so I'm curious, like, did you grow your own herbs? Did you grow and start to, you know, like, what does that whole story and journey look like? So when I started Wooden Spoon Herbs, I was making hyper seasonal preparations and literally maybe like 10 to 20 bottles at a time. And that was really based on what is growing in my garden and what is blooming that I can like safely and sustainably harvest from the wild. So like weedy plants. Okay, so now I have my palette to work with and like what makes sense with all of these herbs? Like what could they be combined to do or like what? Yeah, like what's up with that? So that's where my formulation really started was just using fresh ingredients, which like is the traditional practice, right? Um, and from there, I scaled to working with a lot of the farm, other farmers who were at the farmer's market who were like, oh, I have this weed or this herb or I grow this or that. And so formulating kind of with a bigger, broader palette. And then from there, started sourcing from a handful of regional farms. So in North Carolina or in Georgia. And now we have, we have a nationwide, you know, small network of like small farms that we work with that we've been working with since the beginning. And then we supplement that with carefully procured organic herbs that we source globally. So that's kind of how that scaled. Can you tell us a little bit about what tinctures are and like what the process of making these different products kind of looks like for somebody who's never heard of an herbalist, is kind of listening to us and they're just like, what are these hippies talking about? So when we're talking about herbalism, right? What we're really talking about is like, what is the formula? What are the herbs in what ratio? And to kind of address what feelings or sensations or systems in the body. For example, we have a tincture that is support for um, easing menstrual cramps. So it's like, okay, well, when you're thinking about menstrual cramps, what are you, what are we actually talking about? Are we talking about pain? Are we talking about uh, tension? Are we talking about mood support? Are we talking about hormones? And the answer is we're talking about all of that. So in a formula, we need something to address all of that. And maybe we're talking about pain more than we're talking about mood support, right? So we're going to have a higher ratio of something antispasmodic than we are something calming. And that's how I think about formulation in general. And so from there, we're saying, okay, how do these herbs taste together? Do they taste good? Can they be a tea? And many times the answer is no, the herbs are bitter or they're hard to extract. And so then we look at a tincture um, or we might look at a capsule, right? So something easy that people can just take. But a tincture is when we take a formula, which is a blend of dried or fresh herbs that you could make a tea with, but instead of steeping it in water, which has a no shelf life, essentially, we're going to steep it in something that's shelf stable, that's going to give us a long preservation. So that's most often alcohol or a blend of alcohol and something else, or it's vinegar. It's been honey at times historically. It's been vegetable glycerin. Like there's so many menstruums, is what they're called in herbalism, but essentially extraction mediums that you can put your formula into to preserve it. And all we're doing is concentrating and preserving when we're making a tincture. So to make a tincture, our process is take the blend of herbs that you've sourced beautifully from all of these exquisite farms and extract them into a high-proof cane alcohol to preserve them. And the extraction happens over four to six weeks. And then you strain it and it's that simple. It's a really, really simple preparation. Wow. <laughs> That was so cool. More than I thought. <laughs> it's way more than I thought, but also you just really explained uh, herbalism in a way that is so much deeper than I kind of imagined, you know, because you're right. It isn't just like, I don't know, when I think of taking an Advil or something, it's like, what's an Advil going to do? It's just going to take away this like pain, right? From where, I don't know, somewhere, wherever I'm having pain, I assume that the Advil is going to take care of it. But this is really thinking about like more holistically, all of the different symptoms of something and how do we like how do we address all of them at the same yeah. time that's really yeah. fucking complex and awesome 
And it's from nature and nature gives it to you. That's so cool. <laughs> well, that's what I didn't say. Going back to your question about like the politics of it is it's like, this is all something that you can do for free. Like anyone who knows these tools can go out and harvest something that will help with like first basic first aid, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is very cool. And I think ultimately it's net positive in a way that like over-the-counter drugs definitely aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you feel like there's a reason that more recently people are turning to tinctures and other natural remedies rather than pharmaceuticals? Every election cycle where socialized medicine is shut down. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, COVID, absolutely. Like there's nothing. I mean, what do you do to prevent COVID? You know, like if you ask around, the answer is nothing, but there's actually so much. And I think that was something that I was so proud to see at the at the onset of the pandemic is like so many herbal clinicians and teachers coming out to offer free resources to community herbalists saying like, here's what we're seeing. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're finding. Um, because it was, it happened so much earlier than even a mask mandate. You know what I mean? And it's just like, there's such a huge community of people who know exactly what to do and when. And that's like how you care for a nation. I mean, It just breaks my heart. And honestly, I don't know outside of like the natural trend cycle of natural, not natural, like what, you know, what else would bring people to it? Well, also, I think people had more time to kind of look into shit that maybe they always wanted to look into. Yeah, totally. You know, do you have like a favorite herb or botanical, like something that from the beginning you've just like always loved? Mm, I always love rose because it's like, beautiful and feminine and delicate, but then like so thorny. That's Mm. awesome. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I love that. I love how it tastes. I love how it smells. I love how it makes me feel. I feel like it's a whole body relaxation without being altering, which is like a great sweet spot. And you use it in some of your products, right? Oh, we do. Yeah. We use it in several of our products. Rose Colored Glasses is a formula for like uplifting the mood. Uh, That is one of our best selling products and it tastes rosy. It's delicious. I'm going to take some right now. But yeah, uh, nettle, rose, and oat tops. Can we talk about mushrooms for a second? Yeah. I hear that they're incredible for so many different reasons. And I really don't know why, honestly, aside from uh, psilocybin mushrooms, which I personally love. I see that you also have a mushroom product. We do. We have a tincture called Mushroom Magic, which is a double extraction of six different medicinal mushrooms. I love it because it's very bioavailable. And then what we do is we also infuse the formula with cinnamon and straight vanilla pods. So it tastes really lovely. Why are psilocybin-free mushrooms so special? Should you start with adaptogens maybe? Start with adaptogens and work your way to mushrooms. Uh, So adaptogens are like, it's a small class of plants, right? So adaptogens are all herbs. Herbs are not all adaptogens. And adaptogens is just a classification of herbs in the same way that like um, there's nervines, which are calming herbs. There's digestive aids, you know, there's carminatives, which dispel gas. There's like all these like non-trendy, non-sexy classifications of herbs. And adaptogens is just the hot one right now. She's very sexy right now. Yeah, adapt so hot right now. And I, and I understand why. Like when I started learning about adaptogens, I was, I was like, these are the panacea. The Everyone needs to be on adaptogens. Adaptogens need to be in every formula because they, adaptogens are all plants that act in a non-specific way on the neuroendocrine system, which is where your nervous system and your endocrine system kind of interact, but they're classified as the neuroendocrine system um, in a lot of literature. So basically they help your body adjust to stress. And traditionally they're used for like short periods of time. Adaptogens were as a classification system were developed in Soviet Russia to one, keep the workforce healthy and working and two, to help their athletes win Olympic games when doping was outlawed. This is in the 50s and 60s, okay? So adaptogens as a class have not been around a long time. And that's part of the reason the group is so small is because they are largely Russian, Indian and Chinese herbs. And there's not been a lot of work done to identify North and South American or African adaptogens or European adaptogens. So yeah, I mean, this is all like really technical nerdy stuff. I think what people want to know is that they're herbs. We love nerding. <laughs> Good. This is hippie shit. We love nerding out. You asked it, you know. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> That's why I'm silent, by the way. Usually I'm like, 
going bananas talking, just like, tell me more about everything. Let's nerd out. Yeah, let's. Um, so dabbages are cool, but I worry, I worry they're really trendy and I worry that people are abusing them to sustain these lifestyles that shouldn't be sustained. Like we don't need to be working 60 hours and then taking adaptogens. We don't need to be working out so hard and then taking adaptogens or whatever people are using them for. What is cool about adaptogens is that they all do help with quote unquote the negative or whatever side effects of stress. And so that means adaptogens can help with everything from like supporting the cardiovascular system to supporting the digestive system to supporting brain health to supporting, you know, reproductive organ health. Like they're really, really broad spectrum and they're really, really potent and potent, but gentle, which is like the combination everyone needs and wants. So adaptogens include goji berry, reishi mushroom, lion's mane, cordyceps, shiitake mushroom, maitake mushroom, ashwagandha, uh, jalgulon, uh, you know, and I'll stop there. But they are also often used with nervines, which I mentioned earlier, which are herbs that act on the central nervous system. They can be calming or stimulating. Stimulating would be coffee, guarana. Calming would be chamomile, lavender. The list goes on and on. There are tons of nervines, which I think will be trending, you know, give me six years. And then they're also used a lot with nootropics, which have been trending concurrently, which are herbs for brain health. So does that help with the adaptogens? Yes. Absolutely. Does that help with the adaptogens? You just told us everything from like the history to the past. Like, yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Will you tell us now about mushrooms? Totally. So you might have noticed like a hand, you know, more than more than two of those uh, adaptogens are mushrooms. So we have lion's mane, shiitake, maitake, and cordyceps, or I think, and reishi. Sorry, I don't think I said reishi. So five out of, we'll say 13 to 15 adaptogens at least are mushrooms. And some people say that all edible mushrooms are medicinal and adaptogenic in some way, which I intuitively believe. Adaptogens, what I didn't say about them, what I will say through mushrooms is that they all have kind of secondary specialties for example, maitake mushroom supports healthy blood sugar balance versus lion's mane, which is adaptogenic and supports brain health versus cordyceps, which is adaptogenic and supports lung health and energy levels versus uh, reishi mushroom, which is adaptogenic and supports, oh man, reishi is honestly just kind of like brilliant, supports like thyroid health, reproductive organ health, liver health. And, and a lot of these do support liver health, which is highly important for being adaptogenic because liver health is the foundation of hormone and nervous system health, neuroendocrine health. Adaptogens are the sexiest bitch I've heard of in years. I get it. I get why the girls are going crazy. I get it. I want some mushrooms for the first time in my life. Yeah. But the the cool thing is like, and I think there's an herbalist, I think she identifies as an herbalist, Zoe Gong, who does a lot of great work. She has five seasons TCM and she talks a lot about how like in Chinese culture and like traditional Chinese medicine, these things are eaten as foods and they're not like powdered and encapsulated, which I think is also important to remember. You can eat shiitake and maitake and lion's mane and like get all the benefits you would from taking them as a tincture. You would just have to eat them consistently, right? Mm. I eat shiitake mushrooms a lot just because I like the taste. I didn't realize that they were an adaptogen. And, you know, I didn't even touch on like immune support, like all mushrooms support your immune immunity, right? Um, I think I think of mushrooms as like just fully broad spectrum harmonizing substances. Wow. I got to watch that mushroom docuseries on Netflix. It's like about fungi. Yeah. Fantastic fungi is awesome because of all the time lapse photography. So cool. You don't know what they are, right? Because they're not plant. They're not animal. They're their own species, Mm -hmm. but also they talk to each other. And also now Mm -hmm. you're telling me they're adaptogens. They're aliens. Mm -hmm. Now I get why people say that mushrooms are aliens. We're aliens. I mean, that's true. You're not (laughs) wrong about that. Um, So speaking of aliens, can you tell us more (laughs) about your products, Light Ray? Yeah. Speaking of aliens, always. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So the Light Ray is a collaboration between Wooden Spoon Herbs and Cat Beauty, who is kind of just like a green beauty pioneer in this space. They were doing like internal, external beauty concurrently way before it was cool Mm -hmm. or they made it cool, I should say. I'm a big fan. Big fan. So we conceptualized this product in 2019. I made, you know, I made some prototypes. They loved them. And now it's a product. How I came to the formula is thinking about like 
what really makes healthy skin, right? So like I said, the liver is the foundation of so much of our health. And we need to be processing clearly through our organs of elimination so that things don't have to be processed through the skin. So it's really a blend of antioxidant and mineral rich leaves and berries with liver nourishing herbs, with adaptogenic goji, with hibiscus, which is really high in vitamin C. It has nettle, which is super packed with vitamins like biotin, which is good for hair, skin, and nails. Go to cola, which is high in vitamin C and also great for just um, helping your tissues maintain elasticity. And it tastes really lovely because again, the base of it is like rose hips, goji berries, and hibiscus. And they just taste really tart and sweet and jammy. And it's a really beautiful product. It is something that because it's based in nourishment, you have to take a high dose of it. Mm. Like it's mechanism action isn't like super targeted. It's more general because like if I'm thinking about eating or nutrition for healthy, beautiful skin, it's going to be leafy greens. It's going to be berries. And so that was really hard to take that concept and turn it into a tincture. But <laughs> but we did and people really love it and it tastes really good and it's fun to use. I love this. I just learned so much information in Me like too. 40 minutes. I'm, my too. mind is blown. I'm so pleased. <laughs> Same. Um, will you share with our audience how people can support you, where they can find you, where they can, whatever you'd like to tell us in closing? <laughs> well, yeah. Again, thank you so much for having me. You can find our website at woodenspoonherbs.com and we are on Instagram and TikTok at woodenspoonherbs. You're such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank Take you care. so, so much. Um, do you want to do the listener letter first? Yes. So we got a great listener letter from a listener who said, ladies, love today's hand episode. Uh, if you didn't listen to our hand episode, that was episode 98. Um, my mother and I both have some autoimmune and food sensitivity stuff going on. And as a result, we both sometimes have blistering breakouts in our hands, rashes that blister and take a while to heal when they do occur. Because of this, my mom has used lots of different things to moisturize and heal. Something we've both found helpful is that when you're using a moisturizer, just a few drops of frankincense oil can be very healing and help soothe and heal our hands. I imagine that's why the wise men brought frankincense to the baby Jesus. <laughs> it's probably a homeopathic healing staple and probably did wonders on diaper rash and other issues. <laughs> but I don't know, just spitballing, LOL. Thank you, as always, for your podcast. Elizabeth, Dr. Teals has shea sugar scrubs that I just discovered that have been great for exfoliation, especially on my crazy blistered hands, getting rid of the dead skin as they heal. Oh, my goodness. But just fucking goes to show you. And that's the thing. Like, these essential oils are expensive, but you need the tiniest bit yes. for them to be effective. So... Don't be turned off by the price, if you can afford it. Don't yeah. be turned off by the price point. I didn't catch the diaper rash part the first time. That's so funny. I burst out laughing. Baby Jesus in a diaper rash. That's hilarious. So good. She's very funny. And you're very smart. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. There's a reason that things were looked at as valuable. They were just as valuable as gold. Absolutely. What does that say? You Absolutely. Know? They gave it to the newborn king. Come on. They didn't show up empty handed. They're like, we got some myrrh. We got that frankincense. <laughs> We got some gold, too. It's true. That's what you want. I do want to say that if you are looking for natural products that have essential oils, I've mentioned in past episodes that I love Pratima. You can buy her products on PratimaSkincare.com. She had a spa in New York City for many, many years. I've gotten facials there. They're great. I think as far as quote unquote natural skincare goes. Hers are phenomenal. The prices are decent. She really breaks everything down to different skin types and skin conditions. I just want to mention like a few of my favorites for the face. If you have like very, very dry skin, the rejuvenating essential oil is really nice. It's not just essential oil. There are essential oils mixed with carrier oils. For rosacea, there's one literally called rosacea essential oil. If you have dry or dehydrated skin, the Vata essential oil is really nice. And then if you have acneic skin, they have a really awesome purifying essential oil that really helped me when I used to get a lot of breakouts. And you can take the dosha quiz on their website to find out what products are right for you. 
So according to Ayurveda, and this is how it goes from like, yes, it's hippie shit, but it started with ancient civilizations. <laughs> so according to Ayurveda, doshas are the energy patterns that flow around our bodies, governing our thinking and behavior. And Dr. Pratima Rekor personally hand makes her products while performing ancient healing mantras during the creation of each formulation to further promote health, well-being, and purity of intention. They're created in small batches to guarantee the freshest, most efficient formulas. Each bottle contains nature's most powerful healers. If that doesn't make you want to buy her stuff, yeah, she's really awesome. She wrote the book, Absolute Beauty, which I highly recommend to anyone who's interested in Ayurveda, interested in natural skincare. You'll learn a lot. There's a dosha quiz in there that's really cool. But you can also email them on the website if you're unsure of what to buy or if like the dosha quiz doesn't clarify things for you. And they'll tell you based on uh, different things in your life, whether it's your mood, uh, what your face looks like, what your skin type is. It's really cool. So if you don't know about Ayurveda and doshas, there you go. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. I love that. Oh, I'll also say, uh, and I think I mentioned it in the last episode, that Pratima also makes really nice body oils that have carrier oils and essential oils in them. A lot of her products tend to just have essential oils and carrier oils. That's it, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. Amongst many other things. But the body oils are really nice. Look, you know that I'm all about DIYing, but I just think that, I mean, I just love like working with my hands. And I guess I'm bringing this up because making these types of products, like body oils with essential oils specifically, is such a rewarding self-care moment. Totally. Because it's like, you know, you're making this thing, like you're using your creative energy and then you're smelling these incredible aromas and you're choosing what you want to put with what. And then you're also feeling these awesome carrier oils. And it's just like a total sensory experience that I highly recommend. (laughs) Highly recommend it. Take an evening and just like chill out, smell some oils, have some essential oils. Mm. Oh, also, of course, mountainroseherbs.com. They have great essential oils. Always, I can always trust them to have quality products. Yes. And they have the carrier oils. So you can buy everything you need to make your own products on their website, yes. by the way. You'll be ready in a week. Literally. And they also have uh, recipes. They do. Yeah. They do. They That's have everything awesome. you need. Um, should we do our beauty baddie moments of the week? Yes. Beauty baddie moment of the week is where we recap a moment during the week that we felt beautiful in a non-traditional way. These can be moments of growth, moments of self-care, moments of happiness, oh, whatever. Do you have one? I do. Ooh, tell us. Um, So I just moved to a new neighborhood and... I'm at the point where it's like I can leave the house now. Do you know, for a while it was just like I just have to get this place not looking like a shit dump and then I can leave this place and happily come home. And so last week I like finally went out to sort of explore and I went on this long walk. And as soon as I left the house, this older gentleman looked at me and he said, Mama, ma'am, that's a beautiful jacket you got on. I said, Thank you, sir. He said, Do you mind if I ask you where'd you get that jacket? I said, sir, I got this from J. Crew. He said, you've got excellent taste. And I said, thank you. And I knew it was going to be a good day. And that was my beauty baddie moment of the week. First neighbor that I met, charming, gave a bitch a compliment. That's all mm, that it takes. I love him. I love him too. My beauty baddie moment of the week is I started listening to a podcast that teaches you Spanish. And they have all, I guess it's like a little situation. They have all different languages, but it's called Coffee Break Spanish. And I mean, they start from the basic basics. So I fast forwarded a little bit, but the episodes are pretty short. So while I walk to work, I listen and maybe I'll be really fluent in Spanish soon. Yeah. Probably not, but. Sure. You already, you already speak uh, Spanglish, the yeah. official language of New York. Yeah. You're halfway there. So that's, that's my moment. I love this. Bettering yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spanish is a beautiful fucking language, dude. I got to... I was halfway there at one point. It's fun to learn. I was speaking enough Spanish that my homegirls would be like, oh my God, you sound like my little niece when you speak Spanish. It's so cute. Oh my God. That now I take as a compliment. Before I got pissed, now I'm just like, <laughs> God, I can't even sound like a four-year-old anymore. <laughs> I remember um, this woman I used to work with, she was from Peru, and... Her daughter, she was raised there, but she was raising her daughter here. And her daughter at the time was maybe like two. And she was like, oh, my God, we were FaceTiming with my family back in Peru. And my dad was horrified because my daughter comes on the screen and she's like, hola. (laughs) 
grandparents are always so horrified. Well, yeah, they're like, you had to raise her in New York and now look. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really funny. I love that. Oh, poor granddad. I know. Hola. Hola. Um, you guys, send us your beauty baddie moments of the week, you beauty baddies. You can send them to us on Instagram at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast or via email at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast at gmail.com. What are we talking about next week? What do we have for the peoples? We got some microcurrent. Guys, we're talking to you about the future next week. Yes, it's very special. It's a machine that helps to, and there isn't just one, there's many versions, but it lifts and tones the muscles of your face. It's phenomenal. It's my favorite facial machine. It's holistic Botox. We're going to be talking to you all about electricity in your face and how it's going to keep you young forever. Not, not forever. Look, young and hot the way that I like young and hot. All right. Young and hot to me is forever, ever. Yeah, forever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, guys, the uh, Aging Like a Fine Wine series, microcurrent. Do it. Send us any questions if you have about microcurrent. We have an incredible machine, and we want one of our favorite people in the world to come on and tell you guys all about it. We'll see if she can make it. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it'll just be the two of us. We'll see. You guys can DM us or email us your listener letters and your beauty baddie moments of the week. We just told you that. Um, on Instagram, we're at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. I'm the Brown Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Alex Lindley. If you live locally, make an appointment at truebeautybrooklyn.com to hang with us at either of our locations. In Williamsburg, we're at 419 Graham Ave. That's where Elizabeth is most days. In Greenpoint, we're at 166 Franklin Street. That's where Alex is most days. Also, be sure to put into the lift uh, 11222. They've been taking people to Crown Heights because they've been taking them to Franklin Franklin Avenue. Avenue. So you got to put in the 11222, guys. You heard it here first. Mm -hmm. Also, parking is terrible on the weekends. You heard that here first, too. But come see us anyway. We love you. There's a garage. If you don't live locally, you can still hang. You guys can come uh, make a virtual skincare consultation at TrueBeautyBrooklyn.com. You get 30 minutes with one of us to tell us everything about your skin. We're going to look through your cabinets. We're going to see what you're using currently. We're going to talk about it all and hopefully get you on a great routine. Or if you want to just talk, that's fine, too. You can just call and be like, girl, just me and you. I just want to have a little one-on-one. That's fine. I don't mind it. For sure. All of that's at TrueBeautyBrooklyn.com. And now that's it for me. That's it. We'll see you next week. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. This has been a COCBK production produced by Elizabeth Taylor and Alex Shapiro. Mixed by BetaWave. Follow us on Instagram at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. Listen, follow, and leave us a review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can listen to new episodes one week early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free, plus bonus episodes by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.